for those that want to listen in the future. Um, the, the problem is now we won't be able to get the like AMA feel where we ask you questions, but it is what it yeah. is. Um, okay. Well, thank you all for anyone joining. Um, I'm not able to view any of that. So let me check out LinkedIn real quick. And okay, so it's working and we are good now. Okay, and we actually have some viewers. Um, all right, everyone, sorry for the tech difficulties. Uh, this whole LinkedIn audio thing is in beta anyway, so I should have pre-prepared for that. Uh, but Josh, thanks for thank you for taking the time. Um, I know we've had a chance to, to chat in the past, and you know my inspiration for this was we were actually chatting last week on a few ideas, and immediately I was like, damn, we should be filming this. Um, so anyway, let's kick off with uh, you know an intro, and then I'll dive into our agenda here. Um, and then throughout, you know, this discussion that we're diving into today, uh, if you have any questions for us, unfortunately, I won't be able to invite you to the stage, um, but uh, go ahead and drop a comment. I will check that out and I will add it to the agenda of questions that we're going to dive into. Uh, but Josh, take it away with a, a quick intro to yourself. Yeah. So my name is Joshua Linden. I'm a sales executive at a company called Bay Cities. Uh, we really help a lot of brands um, kind of create design um, what that look and feel is going to be like for them in retail and help them execute that from the design, the manufacturing, the pack out, filming, and helping them get into the stores so that they can uh, reach those consumers. And sometimes that's not a retail store. Sometimes that's direct to consumer. So we, we do quite a bit. Um, so I'm really looking forward to kind of answering a lot of the questions when it comes to the retail environment and also direct to consumer and, you know, how you know that can play within, you know, the influencer campaigns that might be available. Um, and you know, maybe something that brands want to look at differently when it comes to approaching retail, how they can kind of create that, you know, some of those buzzwords are like buzzwords are like omnichannel and continuing to, you know, make sure you're having that consistent flow no matter where that you know customer meets the brand. So this is a great topic to be, you know, kind of discussing. Perfect. You know, with that in mind, I, I want to move into a few questions. So obviously we had, you know, a global pandemic over the past few years and um, I will say even before then, there has been conversation or dialogue, maybe from those that worship the digital marketing landscape, maybe a bit too much in the e-commerce world, you know, that retail's dead, retail's never going to make a revival. Um, funny enough, we just did a recent retail report um, internally, and we're seeing that shopping uh, in retail stores for Gen Z at least has gone up uh, in terms of both the frequency and the purchasing amount. Um, so it's interesting to see that. You know, Josh, talk to me a bit about the the shift in the landscape. You know, how do you how do you think things have changed over the past few years? Yeah, I mean, you've definitely seen. You know, well, you know, back to your question. I mean, really, yeah, is there a shift? Are people going back to stores? Yes, I mean, you know, some of the biggest retailers are you know confirming that and seeing that. They're even seeing that some of their online purchases are not necessarily going down; they're still increasing. But they're they're shifting back to retail, so they're really using you know multiple platforms to communicate, and so I think it's even more important than ever to make sure you are you know have that on your reach, um, so that you're not thinking about just going direct to consumer, but you know where where are you going to meet them, um, and so I think you know more stores are opening up. I mean, even Amazon is opening up more stores. Other brands are. You know that word needs to see are opening up physical stores or they're doing like pop-up shops or you're seeing them actually getting placement in big retailers i mean 
one that I can think of off the top of my head is like Gap. I mean, they now have a featured space in Walmart. I mean, that was something that was never done before. Um, and so they're really kind of in, you know, enhancing that space within the store so people kind of have more of an experience of what their, you know, their bedroom could look like um, or what their house could look like. So it's really kind of becoming more of an entertainment space where, you know, they're kind of create action for, you know, people to kind of come in and engage at the store level, um, but also spend more time in the store. So I think that, like, that's kind of the transition I've been seeing. Now, does that mean that no one's going to be going online? Absolutely not. Like, I'm in the, you know, I'm a millennial, so I still shop, you know, on my online phone, but I also will go into stores. So it's just, it's just convenience, right? Where, where do we want to spend our time and our energy? Yep, definitely. And it has been, it's been so interesting to see D2C or e-commerce brands that were like built in that era now launching their own retail stores. And one in particular, the, uh, the co-founder is a guy by the name of Taylor Offer. Uh, it's a company called Feet. Uh, I think yeah. they started off with the cool socks and now they moved into like the athleisure kind of space and they sell awesome merch and they just launched a, a new store in Santa Monica. And I think he put up a, he put up a, a post about that and how I never imagined when I started an e-commerce brand, I'd one day launch a retail store. Like I swore not right. to, you know, and yet you're doing it. And, and maybe part of that is, you know, do you think from that perspective, like for e-commerce and D2C brands that are, are used to selling online and that's how, how they grow their business, does a retail store add some sort of, outside of just the sales volume, does it add some sort of brand value and make it seem like, is there a brand perception there that, oh, now that they have a real a retail store, like this is a legit brand. Like, uh, you know, how do you think about that in terms of like brand perception of, of your, your retail space? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think from, you know, my perspective is like when you're looking at that, like they seem more legitimate, right? Like they have a physical space. They're not just this omnipresent where they're like, oh, we're, we're everywhere, but we're nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> so I think them for them to actually put a physical store for feet specifically, like that's fantastic. I think there are brands, I think the biggest challenge for brands going from D to C is that they don't know how to execute in retail. They don't know, you know, packaging is different. Um, supply chain is different, um, you know, the, the volume is different, um, you know, the planning they have to do is a lot different because it's, again, you're, you know, if you're looking at, you know, big box retailers, like they have a lot more stores, a lot more footprint. Um, so, you know, planning is a little bit, uh, you got to focus on the planning of how do you get, get to that point. Um, so I think, you know, my, my perspective is every brand should plan to be in retail at some point during their lifespan. If you don't, you're going to miss out and you're going to, you're going to be behind the ball or these brands that may have already thought about that. And then we see the same thing for brands that have never really been D to see they've always sold them. They're now transitioning. They can do that as well. So I think that, you know, really kind of looking at both sides of that coin and making sure that they're prepared. I mean, really just being prepared asking the right questions. Um, you know, maybe you don't know, maybe that's still on like on a five year plan or a 10 year plan, you know, until maybe you get more funding or whatever that looks like. Like I think, that should always be on the mind of like how are we going to be sit on shelf um, or what is it going to look like if we were to you know have a presence in some type of retail whether it is a unique store to the brand or you know it's collaborating with you know some of the big box retailers or you know incremental you know channels yeah and i want to dive into that and double click a bit you know how is it and maybe there's some examples top of mind maybe not um i, don't, I also don't know you know what you can share but 
you know, are there any recent examples that stand out of a great like retail activation? Like as you're thinking about, you know, in-store design and display and like creating those interesting experiences. And then I want to roll into the world of pop-up stores and influencer marketing and, you know, the potential collaboration there. But, you know, are there any examples or things top of mind as you think about like really interesting uh, retail experiences? Yeah, I mean, I think there, you know, there are retailers that are very obviously driven to that. You know, I think Walmart's always been kind of more about this entertainment at the store level. Yeah. Um, so, you know, regularly, no matter, you know, the season of the year you're, you're in, you're going to go into a store, you're going to see some type of large feature train. And what that is are, are you know, basically a combination of multiple pallets that are kind of all, you know, lined up and they all match whatever brand it may be. It may be like a Disney campaign or some, a new movie release. Or maybe it is an influencer, right? Like um, there are some of those activations where they've gotten to, you know, a big following where they actually have products in Walmart or Target. And so they can do their own individual feature. Um, so I think, you know, kind of following what's already being done and then leveling that up, right? Because I think they're, you know, kind of what we're talking about here is how do influencers or how do you create an influencer campaign that drives people to retail? Yeah. Um, or vice versa, right? Because no matter where they're at, there's an opportunity for them to purchase, whether they're on, they're on TikTok or on Instagram, like you can make purchases while you're on your phone, or maybe they'll say, hey, you know, I want to go try that out. I want to go try that shirt on in the store. They can go do that. Um, so I think there, there's multiple layers to that, but I think showing people engaging at the store level is something that's currently being missed, in my opinion, um, because there's a lot of micro influencers and imagine if all of those were activated at the same time, driving traffic to, you know, a specific store, the, the lift would be incredible. Plus you're getting, you know, every single person has their own touch points, right? And they're going to yeah. get a unique audience. Um, so to me, there, you should be doing that. Every opportunity you have to talk about your brand and what they're doing in the retail space, you should be doing it. And I mean, you see a lot of that in food. I think, the food industry has done a really good job of driving traffic and talking about that. I think, you know, in maybe entertainment space, but when it's individual programs where maybe they just have a sidekick or maybe it's just a floor stand that's unique for a certain time of the year, they should still be promoting that, right? Like if they want to have a lift, if they want to see the value of the money that they spent on that vehicle, um, because it's off shelf, right? Like it's not in your normal packaging. It's, you spend a lot of time and energy. There's a lot of people involved. Um, and so you want to make sure it's successful. So adding that layer of, you know, putting an influencer on that campaign or, you know, making sure it's kind of set up so you're not just doing, you know, digital marketing, like you're getting real people that are passionate about the product, that care about the product, that are, you know, advocates for the product. Like that's going to speak a lot louder than a corporate voice too. So that's just kind of my thinking. Yep, that's great. And I want to real quick thank everyone for joining. Apologies for the tech, uh, tech difficulties for those uh, just joining now. Uh, the LinkedIn audio events are still in beta. I know we've done four. Uh, we finally had an issue, but you know, 80% success rate, that's a C or a B, depending upon what school you're going to. So that's more than, you know, more than enough for me personally. Uh, but you know, uh, I think it proves that we're still in that beta stage. You know, Josh, with that, with that in mind, as we start diving into influencer marketing, and I'm going to have Amanda Johansson join shortly, who I think is going to order DoorDash after you just mentioned food, because uh, now we're like looking at the clock. Anyhow, um, I real, I, real quick before we dive into that, I want to talk about just retail marketing overall, 
Because I know yeah. you and I, this is intuitive to us, and we're very much on the cutting edge of this and always thinking of you know these new ideas. But you know, what percentage of retail marketing spend do you think is even going to influencer marketing, if any? And obviously, we're not going to know that percentage, but you know, we haven't. I the, the only real activations I've seen done well, and I'm sure there's been some, but like the only time I see it consistently is when the influencer also owns the product, like with Logan Paul and KSI. Mm -hmm. What did they do? They did huge promotions. Hey, we're in Walmart. Hey, we're in Quick Trip. Hey, we're here. And they would go there. They would do autograph signings. They would film content with people, all of that jazz. Um, so, you know, what percentage of this is even a makeup? Because I think we should be thinking about that first and foremost. Like, is there a reallocation of, of retail marketing dollars that, that could be given to first? That's a really good question. I don't think I'm going to have all the answers to that. I mean, it would all be assumptive at this point. Uh, but I, I, I don't think there's a, probably enough money going to influencers. I think that there's probably a negative stigma around it. Um, you know, potentially, that, you know, like, oh, is there is a real value about driving that? I would say that there is. Um, you know, based on my own experience with like talking about branches, right, like on LinkedIn or on my own social channels, the type of people that are like, hey, I went and bought that product after you talked about it. You know, even if one person in my community tries something that I'm not even getting paid to try, right? Like imagine if someone was, you know, had that type of reach where they were influencing it. And I agree with you, like Logan Paul is a great example. I think entertainment properties are also going to be really big. Like some of the things that we've seen in, you know, Walmart, like Ryan's World, right? Like huge huge following and so when they dropped all those products in, in, in walmart like the, those things sold out um and that pallet program cleared out same thing when um you know fortnite dropped a train into walmart that had a huge following right like there was a big backing and they also pushed people to stores they did a really good job about driving traffic to stores creating some incentive for them to actually physically go see that display see that feature at the store level to drive engagement and really what that is another way of doing is tracking right like collecting data because i think the biggest part of you know biggest miss is that none of this is being tracked sometimes they're just like oh yeah we put a qr code on there what well, did you get the tracking behind that are you using an organization to make sure that you because every time you scan that then you know that that's at the store in the store right or if they were to go do a grab or something where they you know you go into a store you get a free on a promotion that you can use in a Fortnite game or whatever, there, there's ways to, you know, maybe it's, uh, you have to go to the store level to enter in the sweepstakes, right? The only way to activate that is to go into a store, scan the display. To me, that's a really great way to track, um, document what's actually happening and if your campaign is working or not. Um, but again, there's, there's lots of ways to do that because, you know, it's not just physical because in stores now, there's digital campaigns that are running, you know, at the checkout registers on visual boards throughout the store. And you got to think about the billboards and everything else that goes into the marketing of a brand as well. So there's a lot of different layers. Um, my thought is still that influencer marketing is probably on the bottom rung of all the, the budgeting dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And to your point, I think the tracking one is such a good emphasis point because you know, it's incredibly difficult to track influencer marketing promotions then into retail sales. Theoretically, can you track it? Yes. But theoretically, does that entirely disrupt the natural consumer journey? Also, yes. And, you know, I think sometimes us in the marketing world, 
we worship the need to track every little action and output. And, uh, and what that does is it harms the consumer experience and consumer journey. And we need to get back to more intuitive consumer led decision making. You know, and with that in mind, I see Cole Fortman. Thank you for joining. What's up, man? How's it going? Nico as well. Nico, I'm excited to meet up with you in LA next week. And, and for the other viewers here, go ahead, drop in comments. Let me know what you got going on. And then, you know, throughout, go ahead and leave a comment uh, for any questions or ideas. Um, I've obviously welcomed to the stage here, Amanda Johansson. Uh, we are in our podcast studio uh, here in Kansas City. Uh, Amanda is our head of influencer marketing. She's also an influencer herself. So I'm going to ask her a few influencer questions. And Josh, feel free to weigh in because I want to see how now these worlds converge. And we're not going to jump straight to retail marketing, but I want to share. I, you know, I've heard this story that you did some sort of like meetup at Worlds of Fun at one point. And, you know, by the way, Worlds of Fun ain't cheap. Like it's not a free store you walk into. Like there's an amusement park that costs like 50 to 100 bucks, depending on the day. Um, talk to me about how, number one, like what did your social following look like at that point? And then number two, like what did that event look like? Yeah, um, I at the time had some influencer friends here um, in Kansas City. And we're like, okay, there there needs to be a way that we can, you know, get your followers, Amanda, because at the time I had the most followers, not flexing or anything, but they definitely wanted to meet my followers too to grow their like social media. So I was like, we should all just go to World of Fun because I wanted to go to World of Fun anyway. <laughs> so I was like, let's get everyone there. Um, I thought that'd be a good open space and be fun to be able to connect and ride the rides with the, the followers. At the time, I did not even have close to a million, I think. I think I was close to, like, maybe 200,000, 300,000. Oh, that's nothing. Um, that's, like, not that. I mean, no, compared to 1.9 that I have now, that's that's really nothing. Um, so I was like, yeah, let's get everyone there. Uh, I literally posted one TikTok, and I I think while I was there. And I was like, hey, everyone, we're at World's Fun. Come find us. And we we're just walking around, whatever, riding the rides and like, eh, probably no one's going to show up. And within 30 minutes of posting it, I had probably 30 to 40 kids just following us around and asking for us to sign their shirts and ride the rides with them, which was so much fun. Like they would all take turns like, okay, I get to sit next to Amanda on this one. And they were younger. They were not my age. They were, and their parents were running around too, like watching. And it was just a really cool experience to be able to just, you know, hey, meet me here. And they all came just to like literally say hi, take yeah. pictures and things like that. So it was a really cool experience and honestly really easy. <laughs> yeah. And not super planned out. It was posted like then. And no. then number two, no budget behind to promote at all. Just, you know, posted a TikTok. That's also a very localized example because Worlds of Fun here in Kansas City is like way out in the boonies. Yeah. Uh, it takes forever to get out there. You know, so with that in mind, I think that 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 highlights, you know, the exact potential use case. Um, you know, Josh, yeah. we mentioned like the, the movie theater idea the other day. Like there, there's really interesting activations. Like what comes top of mind for you for how we get influencers involved? Like meetups to me are so obvious, like every, every, you know, uh, retail spot should be thinking about how they can do influencer meetups, signings, film content together. You know, what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think, you know, there's, there's two approaches, right? One is going to be getting that sign on from the retailer or, you know, and showing up 
as part of that, right? So you, you've done some planning, you've been able to negotiate some type of setup so that you can actually have these events. Because there are, um, you know, uh, what they call like, you know, road shows or these trade shows and you know, specialty events that they do throughout the year at every retailer um, where they'll have some type of event out in the parking lot or inside the store. And, you know, you're, you're one influencer, right? Like I'm thinking about like, mom influencers dad influencers like across the board i mean imagine if they're just like hey looking for something fun to do today walmart's hosting a you know a movie you know movie event in their parking lot today like i'm gonna be there come meet up like to me that's huge because i mean not only is that going to be already being promoted from walmart and any of their affiliates that are a part of that promotion but then you're going to get this micro influencer that's localized they can actually go to that event and it's going to talk about that event. Um, to me, that's a huge, huge win. You may not be able to track all that um, per se, but again, if they don't show up to the event, they know about the event and they'll know that there's things coming up. So I think, you know, really integrating some type of planning and programming behind these influencer campaigns is going to be huge because imagine if they had, you know, targeted campaigns that were like, okay, we're going to do something in Kansas City. And what are the top, I don't know, 50 influencers or even 10 influencers that are in that community that we can hit up to, you know, just do one post, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe it's not a huge amount of budget. You know, I don't know if they pay influencers, right? But I imagine, like, they could be like, hey, you know, you make a post, here's a quick little bit of money and or, you know, some type of reason for them to want to repost, right, or talk about it. I mean, some people will do it for free. Oh, Yeah. No, and I think, I think there's there's fascinating activations too at that micro influencer level as well. Like thinking about mass scale localization doesn't need to be an influencer with millions or hundreds of thousands of followers. Could be a lot smaller. Um, maybe we should do that. But anyway, well, you have to think about the engagement. I mean, I would rather someone have 500 fully engaged followers than a million followers that only have 500. Right? Yes, exactly, and. If you're, you're talking about local influencers, especially ones that are trying to grow right now, they're, they're going to take that opportunity as like a free promo. And they're, they're going to use that to build their portfolio too and be able to connect with their communities. Um, and that's kind of what it felt like in Worlds of Fun. Like I got to connect with my communities and I still follow those kids to this day. So that's, that's an opportunity for the influencer to grow, but not totally shifting. But for, I don't know, uh, and in the makeup community, have you ever guys have you guys ever seen what happens when a like a celebrity or an influencer launches a new makeup brand? Do you guys know what happens? I've I've seen. I think it was uh, forgetting his name right now. Um, uh, Star Jeffrey Star. Jeffrey Star. Get, yes, uh, that is exactly the person huge, I was going to say. Filled up the whole mall. Yes. Whole yes. Mall. Yes, that's exactly the influencer I was going to pinpoint because I am personally a fan of Jeffree Star and every time he launches a new product he goes yeah. on a yeah last tour. time he broke Shopify's yeah. entire website his, <laughs> his, his products aren't retail necessarily like in store part of them some of them are but for those stores that it's offered in he goes to each and every one of them to promote it because guess what since not all of them are in the stores and they don't have that much you know product in the store that sends them right to his pocket on the website. Yep. So him going to the stores and promoting it actually helps him and makes him way yep. more money. And it also helps the stores, obviously. So I think that's a good example. 
Yeah. yeah, those are good, you know, there's good relationships there. And I think that's important to remember is to make sure you're not, you're not taking, right? Like it's, it's got to be a give and take, especially if you're wanting to get good partnerships and make sure that you're, you're finding those things. I mean, those are, he's a great, great example. I mean, I've been following his journey for a long time before he was even big. Um, you know, it's just interesting to see how well he can manage those, that, that following and make sure, I mean, they're really engaged. Um, and I think it's setting that expectation, like you're saying, is like he creates these events and he wants people to show up. So people do. And they want to see him, but also be a part of that story as well. Um, because then, you know, they they were there. They're now resharing it and posting it and getting, you know, insane, you know, likes and follows and things as well. So I think it creates a culture of like trust between the influencer and the community they serve. Yeah. And I think the most important piece of this that isn't thought about is to your point that that give and take to me there are ways for retail brands to not have to shell out as much money in exchange for a content opportunity for that influencer and the ability to reach their fans and then maybe there's even rev share so i'll share an example of what this would look like but you know you have infinite possibilities here and this is where i think retail retail brands and then retail locations need to get more creative and out of the box with, with how they think about activations obviously you can do you know a little booth set up and an autograph signing but that's you know everyone's done that right so for example we we have cole fortman in here and cole fortman owns the instagram handle the grilled cheese dude and he, you know he doesn't have millions of followers but he did this entire tour across america selling grilled cheeses on college campuses and would probably sell out of all of you know the ingredients and you know it's not a huge store location but long story short let's take that as an example okay well yeah you could have him go there and sell grilled cheeses outside of the thing or whatever but what if he were to partner with a retail brand you know someone that sells cheeses who sells is a craft that sells the little craft like cheese squares that are mm -hmm. actually yep. plastic but they yes. say it's cheese whatever yep. so okay so let's say sargento like it's real cheese it's real wisconsin cheese right so Sargento partners with them, which partners with a retail location. Instead of just having them show up and promote this cheese, that's, hey, this is the best cheese for your grilled cheese brand. No, what if you, you know, a lot of these grocery stores have little deli shops behind it anyway. Hey, for an entire day, for a Saturday, we're going to convert this. I mean, it's making grilled cheeses. You just need a little griddle and you'll be fine. Hey, we're going to convert this into the grilled cheese dude stand and it's sponsored by Sargento and it's taking place, you know, in this Walmart little deli section, right, of it. And we're converting our deli into, you know, this little pocket of the deli section is now this and this is going to be going on all day. Come in, check it out. So now you have, you know, an actual event activation, something interesting happening. And now from the influencer perspective, he or she or they, they're going to film everything that's going on there. That content's going to go out. Now it's beneficial to them. Now you have a really interesting win-win solution between influencers who they need content. And when they're promoting brands, they need greater legitimacy behind what they're doing. And this allows for that. And then from a retail and retail brand perspective, they need real use cases for this. And as cool as it is when I go to Costco, all the people giving out the samples it's not super engaging. You're giving me a plastic cup and I'm eating it. Is there a more interesting, captivating way to do that? So, you know, Josh, what do you think of that? Like just really interesting, crazy out of the box activations. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely into them. Um, I think someone that's done them really well is Mr. Beast. I believe oh, yeah. done, you know, he does like the ghost kitchens, right? Like where they can go, you know, you can get his burger anywhere. They can actually go to the website and sign up to actually sell his burger at their location if they 
wanted to so that they now can be a part of that community as well. So I think there's different ways to activate that. Um, my thought is like Walmart's a big, big, big component to doing these types of on-site events. They've been doing those for years. Um, and they're well promoted. Um, but I think, you know, some of them, it depends on who's, who's promoting it. If they have a, you know, figure or a public figure that's already there, you know, there's, maybe it's like a Red Bull event or maybe it's a NASCAR event. So there are certain ones that are very specific where they might already have some really good activations. But what if they had micro influencers promoting it as well at a lower rate, but then, you know, they're localized because again, like those events are small. And I know they do some target marketing things, but it's, it would be cheap. It'd be interesting to me to have them try that, right? Like, hey, like, who who do they contact, right? Like, some of these brands, I think the challenge is, is they don't know how to get a hold of these influencers, right? Yeah. And that's kind of my thought is like, when I'm talking to them, I'll go, well, one, who who do we go to? You know, are they going to be quality? Like, what's the type? Like, who who are they? Do we want to associate with them? You know, there are some you know deeper questions that some of these brands may have, but at the same time, you know, you got to look at the big picture of like. Are, they're trying to drive brand awareness, drive brand, you know, you know, community. So if they're, you know, if you can find someone that's, you know, fit, fits within that, you know, theme, then go for it, right? Yep. And real quick, I, I want to, Josh, we spoke on last week, this potential movie theater idea. Um, yeah. Do you mind if we share that? And if so, I'm going to call up our influencer marketing intern who has a huge, I'm going to put her on the spot. I feel awful, but she's going to love it. Because she has a huge following that follow her for Star Wars stuff. So is that okay for us to dive into? Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I, you know, when you come, you know, I think there's a big opportunity for movie theaters right now, just in general, right? Like, they've been dead. Not a lot of people have been going to them, even local stuff. And I think that, you know, that's a really great meeting spot. Like, kind of like what you're talking about, a, you know, an amusement park, another great place to go are movie theaters. And some movie theaters you know, have other incentives too. Like they have really good bars, they have really good food there. Um, but if they were actually able to do merchandising at a movie theater, you know, so like let's, you know, I don't know what entertainment property, what big movies out there, but let's say they had t-shirts and water bottles and toys and, you know, things that people wanted to purchase while they're about to show up to this movie, like in, in the movie theater, like I'm at, you know, there, some of them are standing in long lines potentially. Um, so it's like there, there are opportunities there, I think, for brands to kind of activate some things that are unique to drive traffic to the theaters. Definitely. And I think we have Maddie Hawker on the way up right now. Maddie, we're on LinkedIn Live, just a heads up. Oh, uh, hey. Maddie, thank you for joining. Maddie is uh, our, our latest intern for the summer. Um, she has a strong following on TikTok that she's had to build twice now. Um, and... Maddie, one of your content pillars, I would say, is what we refer to as Star Wars, right? Yeah. Like, it just for is. Sure. So one of the ideas Josh and I have spoke on, and, and by the way, for everyone in the audience right now, if you have any questions, ideas, we'd love to hear from you as well as we look to wrap things up shortly. Um, you know, we'd love to, to answer any and all of those questions. Thank you all for joining as always. Um, you know, so real quick. Maddie, one of the ideas that we've been toying with uh, that I would love to get your thoughts in terms of a use case for is movie theaters. So movie okay. theaters are, uh, they were struggling before the pandemic, then the pandemic happened, they continued to struggle, they blamed it on the pandemic. If you look at the data, they were struggling even before the pandemic. Um, I think it's going to continue to be a struggle. I know we've seen recovery in a few areas with some of the bigger box office movies, 
Um, but that said, I think this is inevitable kind of decline uh, just with how that model is designed. So one of the interesting ideas we were thinking about is this whole concept of, is there a way for us to work with influencers uh, paired alongside a particular movie launch to have, hey, I'm Maddie and this is the new Star Wars movie or whatever thing coming out, you know, come watch it with me. Yeah. Uh, just as an example, what are your thoughts on on that as a potential influencer? And I know we're putting you right. on the spot here. So. Well, no, I definitely think that that would work for sure. I mean, besides movie theaters, obviously influencers doing their job and getting out to the, their audience. And people, like for me, for example, like I'm a Star Wars influencer reaching out to a Star Wars audience. I'd be like, oh, that sounds cool. Okay, whatever. But a big problem is like Disney Plus and these other... Um, yeah, streaming platforms. Yes, they're yeah. starting to release it without putting it in theaters and that causes a problem. So um, honestly, doing things with the influencers would definitely have for sure. And seeing people, um, like if I was someone watching another Star Wars influencer and they were talking about it, I would definitely be like, okay, well, and they can also sell like the movie experience too, because I know I love going to watch movies in theaters instead of like, hey, can you do this? I, I have an idea. I mean, what if, because I've done this before um, with a previous company where we actually rented out a movie theater to show a movie, right? So imagine imagine if influencer was able to go to a movie theater and say, hey, like, what if I were to do a promotion where we ran a specific movie in here? You guys are already showing, but I drive. Like, just like you were talking about going to an amusement park, same thing. Like, you, you promote that thing a week leading up to it. Yeah. You know? Sell tickets, get people signed up. I mean, to me, if you have the right following, you can sell out a movie theater, no problem. Oh, yeah. Getting yeah. people in there, and that's what they're trying to do. To me, if you create an event, like maybe they show up and the first hundred people get something free. Right. Well, there's or, this thing. You know, there was this thing I just saw um, the Star Wars premiere, like at the last episode six or whatever, just came out. Hayden Christensen, the 10 out of 10, by the way. Yeah, such great, a great, great episode. Yeah. Oh my God. He just went to a theater and showed up and was like, hey, I'm going to watch this with you guys and like did that. So if like they promoted, like let's say I was like, hey, I'm going to this theater at this time. You guys should go. And we could do like a meet and greet or do blah, 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 blah. And then that. Could... No, it's an incredible idea. Well, Maddie, thank you for joining. Mm -hmm. I won't put you in the spot any further. I had to pull you in on the Star Wars video. Yeah, great job. great. All right. Thanks, guys. Nice to meet you, Maddie. Just your typical marketing internship being pulled into LinkedIn Lives. Uh, <laughs> there's 30,000 people watching, by the way. No. Uh, anyway. 100, actually. 100,000. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, thank you all for joining. You know, Josh, as we wrap things up here, you know, for those listening, what do you think, a, a, you know, let's say you're in the retail marketing space or you're a brand that has a retail presence, you know, what's the key takeaway here in terms of, action because i know all these ideas are awesome and i want to see brands take more you know whether or not it works out incredibly well it's relatively low cost like, i think it's worth testing because the upside is so high yeah. um but what's the takeaway for for brands here what would you challenge you know those in decision making positions in terms of their you know how they're thinking about this this pairing of retail and influencer marketing yeah i mean that's a really big question i mean they, they should do something because i don't know if they're doing anything that's, that's what I'm trying to understand is, are they actually taking any action? Are they thinking about this? Or they're just saying, you know what, that's not really where we want to spend our budget and they're just going big. I, I think that it needs to be something that's you know reviewed and thought about because I think there are more opportunities happening in retail. There are more people that are trying to become influencers. 
um, they don't have you don't have to spend a huge budget to get them to go into a store, right? Like not. I think micro influencers are going to be huge. I think you know as you get in, and then obviously they're going to you know grow, right? They're going to have more followers, and they're going to continue to be successful. And then you can mix that with you know the big influencers. But I think that it's just starting asking those questions. What does that look like if we wanted to do this type of campaign? How do we coordinate that? Um, you know, I'm not always going to be the right person. Like we work more on like the display, the manufacturing, the packaging side, right? But we know when those are going to hit the stores. Like those brands know when those displays are going to hit the stores because they have to know at least three to six months out. So to me, you, you can you have plenty of time to plan. It's just do you want to level up your retail experience or do you want to keep doing what you've been doing um, with minimal results, right? So to me, it's try something that no one else is trying and see see if it works. Throw something out on the wall. I mean, a lot of a lot of what I see is just people don't show the retailer what they're thinking, yeah. and I think that they want they want brands to bring them these ideas. They want brands to engage them and say, "Hey, we want to help your customers have a better experience at the store level." And here's some really great ideas of how we could do that. You know, maybe it is doing more of these pop up, you know, influencer types of events. I mean, maybe it is doing a grilling of it inside of a store or an outside of a store. Like, there are so many different great ideas out there that we haven't even talked about, right? It, it's just you got to throw them out and vet them and see if they're interested. Because some may be like, hey, you know, we, we've never thought of that. Yeah. And, you know, the final message I would have um, is, is the question of what is your driver? And... You know, I'll say this in the context, we were on our way to, uh, me and some of the team members, we're on our way to, uh, you know, this Italian spot. And this Italian spot has this incredible, like, fried cauliflower as an appetizer. Outside of that, it's just a normal Italian spot. And I'm not a foodie, so I could care less. Um, but I will go out of my way and drive 15 minutes to that particular Italian spot because it has this fried cauliflower and I don't know what they put on it, but it's so good. Probably a ton of MSG and stuff, but I don't care. So <laughs> and so, you know, I, I, I joked with Alex when we were on the way there and I said, oh yeah, their cauliflower, that's a driver. Like that's the driver for me, why I'm going there. I think retail brands need to realize or, and, and retail locations need to realize that in terms of the majority of the consumer experience, it's pretty it's pretty ubiquitous for everyone. It's pretty much the same. And thanks to platforms like Instacart, DoorDash, and others, you know, you can get this from anywhere. You know, I'm not going out of my way way to a Walmart because they have, you know, this version of a Kraft Heinz product that also every other store on the way there also has. I'm not going out of my way for those things. So you need to think about driving to retail in terms of the context of what is a driver it, because some of these things like discounts or, you know, special offers are here or, you know, this new product launch, none of these things are necessarily big drivers for a consumer that can get all of this stuff anyway. And right. so I would be thinking about this in terms of that context. To me, what matters is not those little things and the discount and Hey, the price on our apples is, 20% cheaper per pound than the competitors, you know, that's not a big driver for consumers that I'm not going to drive out of my way to go somewhere because of that. So from a retail perspective, think about what are your drivers? And to me, this, in, this influencer category 
All things aside, outside of the fact that I think from a CPM and a cost per acquisition standpoint, this will perform better. All of those things outside of it, it creates a unforgettable experience that others simply can't provide. It becomes a potential driver for someone to go out of their way to go experience that from a consumer perspective and a reason to keep coming back. And so that's what I'll end on is the way I would think about marketing from this perspective is how do you create those drivers as opposed to how do you just make things a little bit better? Yeah. Yeah. I heard what I heard you saying was exclusivity. Yeah. And that's where, you know, where I think brands and retailers win big is where like, this is the only place you can come to get this. Yeah. This is the place to come and get it. Like you said, like I only want to go to this place for cauliflower, right? Like, Type of you know experiences, they know that this is the only location they can get it from. So I think creating some type of exclusivity or a driver that's um, more motivational than just you know, you know a couple of cents off their you know their gas or you know their purchase. Like what's what's the longevity of that? Is there something additional that they're going to be getting on top of that? Um, you know I think there's a lot of opportunities there to expand and you know, get creative. Yep, couldn't agree more. Well, thank you everyone for joining. I apologize again for the tech difficulties, but you got to see our beautiful faces instead. Um, and, you know, I thank everyone for joining. Have an awesome weekend ahead. Have an awesome rest of your Friday afternoon. Um, and Josh and I will probably do this again at some point, hopefully bringing some of these activations to life. Maybe we'll do this in a retail experience. Does LinkedIn have one? Does a bank want to sponsor us? Who knows? We'll find out. But thank you all for joining and we'll see you all next week. Thank you, guys. The smile. Uh, there we go. <laughs> awesome. We made it work. Woo! That was fun. Thank you for yeah. uh, making that happen. No, thank you for you know thinking of me. And I definitely want to do more of this. I, I think that I want to see how we can maybe try to pull more like in 